Hello and welcome to Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser in our, well, we haven't decided if it's our second or third last podcast of the season, but it's one of the two. We are delighted to be joined by a very special guest um, who we are sure will have a lot to tell us. More on that in a second. Let me do the introductions quickly. So uh, there's three other fans um, on on the podcast today. One is Paul Finney. Hi, Paul. How are you? Good afternoon, David. I'm all right. Very good. Good to see you again. Also here is Chris Charles. Sorry, unmute myself. Hi, how are you doing? Yes, I'm, I'm good. Had- Chris, tell us, at the end of the podcast last week, you'd taken a COVID test, but we never got to find out <laughs> if it was positive or negative. What it, was the result? It was negative, so I was allowed Whew. into the fight. Very good. Um, we also... How, very good, Paul. Uh, Chris, I beg your pardon. Uh, just, just, just for clarification, it wasn't me who was fighting. It's a, it was a boxing bubble, so yeah. Yeah, and you saw, yeah, two good fights, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Sonny Edwards um, became world champion, which he wasn't expected to do, which was great. Um, and th- this was different, maybe different to the Saturday fight, which, which you might have been watching. But, um, but yeah, it was a good card anyway, so very happy with it. Um, also joining us is Paul Frick, who's been on a couple of times. Hi, Paul. Hello, good to see you guys again. Likewise, very good background, very good shirt you've got. I'm sure because of the guests that we've got, who I still haven't announced, will be showing some of these graphics so everyone can see for themselves. Before I introduce the guests, let me just thank our sponsors. Thank you very much to George and John Sharp. George and John Sharp, yes, father and son, who've been on the podcast more than once. Thank you very much, guys, for your support. And George Gilmore, who has sponsored the beers for tonight. How, uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for their support. Without further ado, though, let me introduce the guest who we are really, really delighted uh, to have with us. Um, he's the QPR centre forward. He is on in the most purple of purple patches currently, and we're all delighted for him. Um, really pleased to welcome to the podcast none other than Lyndon Dykes. Hi, Lyndon. Uh, hello. All right. How are you? Very good. Very good. How are you doing today? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having Let's, me on. What you're welcome to be on. Let's get the important stuff out of the way first. You've got some kind of child's toy. <laughs> you're obviously in some sort of playroom. Yes. What is the toy? And when was the last time you played with it? <laughs> oh. It's the uh, Hot Wheels Ultimate gar- Garage thing. Would you recommend it? Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Definitely. Very My good. three-year-old definitely loves it. Very good. Uh, yeah, th- thank you for joining us. Now, Chris has much more grown up and less puerile questions than me, so I'll throw to him now. Lyndon, yeah, great. as David said, just to reiterate, great to have you have you on. Um, if we'd had this podcast uh, a, a few months back, it might have been a completely different chat. That uh, Since then, you've uh, showed an incredible turn of form. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, probably would have been, um, I think, as well for the whole team as well. I think recently um definitely the 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 end half of the season we've definitely been showing our form and how good our team can be and um where we probably should have been is definitely that top six which we're all a bit disappointed about but yeah definitely um the end of the season has been good for myself and and the team as well yeah 
Yeah, I know you're, you're obviously quite a modest guy because you keep mentioning the team. But as you're on, we've got to ask about you as well. So from November to March, you had 21 games, all competitions without scoring. And then you've had six in the last seven, which is the same as the entire Bristol City team. So you must, <laughs> must be pretty happy with that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm over the moon with that. Um, obviously, it was... Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a striker and I want to score goals. But when I went through that patch, just... You know, I thought I was still doing well. I think, um, you know, I'm a team player. I think I, I bring a lot more than just goals to the to the team. But um, at the end of the day, I want to score goals and get assists for the team. And recently, uh, I can't really stop doing uh, one or other. So hopefully we can keep keep on coming. Yeah. And uh, just before we hand over to David, how instrumental and coincidental has it been, has Charlie Austin been in the upturn of form for you and perhaps like the team in general? Yeah, I think he's been really good. Uh, I think for the team, he's been great. Uh, just coming in when he did was probably the perfect time. Um, you can see in training in that he's very competitive. He very lifts the team. Um, and then for myself, you know, with that much experience, um, I'd probably say I'm, I am quite new to the full football scene. Um, I haven't played probably as many years as other people, but having someone like someone like him with the experience that he has. Uh, Definitely helps me just kind of watching him, stuff that he does and where he is in certain positions. Um, and also in a, in a partnership, he's very, he's very, um, he wants to see me do well. He wants to see me score goals, um, especially when I've been going on this, this little run of mine. He, he's been the first one coming up to me and, um, you know, he's, he's definitely pushing me on. And even on the weekend when I, when I assisted him, um, you know, I was buzzing that I assisted him as well. So, you know, that, that kind of partnership has really helped me. And I think we, we do really play well, um, play really good together up front. Um, and we've got the, that link up just from the start. So, you know, hopefully it's a, a great partnership that can last last long and hopefully we can uh, we can do really well together. Well, we, do, we have got a number of questions for you tonight, Lyndon. One of them is from uh, uh, one of the guys who sponsored one of the podcasts this season, Darren Fisk. And I said to him I would ask this question for you on Charlie Austin, which is that many of the fans want Charlie to sign permanently and be here next season. If that comes to pass, are you going to let him wear the number nine shirt next season? Yeah. <laughs> uh... Well, I think I'm the number nine at the moment, so I think I'll uh, I'll have to stick with that one. But you know, I mean, I I would be over the moon if if he comes um, and obviously signs with the boys. You know, I I want him to come. I want to I want to play with him. I want to keep learning from him. Um, obviously, everyone knows how many goals he scored um, in the championship for QPI and in the Premier League. Um, so, you know, you know, so we'll have to see when it when it happens. Um, I, I've kind of got a question, really, but I'm sure you don't want to revisit it. But but there was a, um, I guess there there was, you know, if we're on about it, a, a, a period where it wasn't going so well. I guess a, a period of of, of uh, stretch of games for you, but you've really turned it around and you've really kind of come out of it. And like you say, you can't stop scoring. I think in the last eight games, you've either had a goal or an assist. How did you deal with that patch? How did you? Was it a case of you kind of you, you kind of told yourself to keep going? You got more advice. You worked harder. How did you deal with it and come through it? Um, I think obviously it was still a massive change for me coming down here. Um, you know, a lot of new things, new team, um, getting getting used to the team, the way we play. 
But um, for myself, I knew it would come good. You know, I, I feel like I've got the capability of what I have been performing re in recent forms um, on an, on a stat on a stat side with assists and goals. Um, I don't think that I, I didn't play. I wasn't playing bad. I wasn't, you know, um, doing what I could do. I think I was effective effective in a lot of the games, and I thought I was playing well. But like you said, I just wasn't really getting the end product. But um, you know, I just kind of put my head down, worked hard, and that's what I've always done. And um, you know, I've, I felt I still felt good, but uh, once once that got that little run going on, you know, that's that's when it kind of just changed for me. And um, yeah, I've just been doing the same things that I've always done, and and now that is kind of it's kind of it's kind of showing everyone that I can do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um. I'll jump in with another question then, if if, if um, the guys haven't got one, which is, you've got re you talked about it yourself. You've got an, a background that's really unusual, and we hear a lot about academy kids, particularly in the modern game, that have kind of been with clubs from 11, 12, but, and so on, and groomed in that way. But you didn't have that, did you? You kind of there's a story that you were working in a factory when you started working, when you started playing for Queen of the <coughs> South. Have I got that right? It was actually, I, I worked in a factory in Australia um, full-time and then a sports factory doing heat sealing and then I just played football for fun. Um, and then I come over to Scotland to, to play full-time football and uh, that was probably, you know, f four or five years ago uh, for first-team football in a, in, a, in a professional way. So, yeah, I haven't really had that, um, you know, academy kind of brought through and, you know, playing football week in, week out, training all the time. Um, I kind of just took it as as it came and, you know, I was a late comer, but I think it did really help me and I think it helps my game in different ways as well. I think, you know, some people kind of get lost in those academies and kind of get drilled to certain things or, um, you know, kind of get lost in the game, but I kind of just come with a fresh face and just kind of worked hard and, um, yeah, it kind of just come natural to me. Do you, do you find that sometimes then, um, that not going through the academy and getting, I suppose, a second chance at football, which is that chance in later life, makes you more hungrier as well because you have and you've got to prove, but you've also got to prove yourself a little bit more as well because people who've been through academies have had it for so many years and they tend to get moved around the different clubs where you've really made had to make it yourself, haven't you? You know, we're going to Scotland and, and the teams you've played for and so on. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, definitely. I think it helps some of the players that the routes they come. You you do hear about players in the academies, um, you know, with all the hype on them that they're going to be the next big thing, and they end up kind of fading away. You know, mm. just just so many years of playing football. Um, I feel like can on some people can definitely affect them. They can either get lose the kind of passion of the game and the hunger to try and win because there's so much expectation on them already, or they've already think they've made it when they really haven't because. Um, I mean, you can, you see more players now coming through from non-league and uh, leagues that are lower than obviously where they are now. It it does show their hunger, and once they get there, they want to take it and they want to fight against everyone to try and get that winning position because they've been at the bottom, and they've been out and loan and they've been in a non-league team. But um, yeah, I definitely think, in my opinion, um, players that come through that kind of hard way, hard route, you know, have to try and show a bit of grit, show a bit of fight to get there, um, definitely probably ends up being the better player. 
because that's something you share with Charlie Austin, obviously, as well. Now, it's coming up to the Euros as well, and um, I was wondering is, if this form is perfect timing for the Euros as well, and, and what's your incentive in the Euros as well to, to do well? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, it's obviously... You wouldn't you probably want the this this timing of my form. Um, you wouldn't want it at any better time, really. Um, but I'm just going in there with you know the same mentality that I've always had. Um, we've got a great squad there, and we're we're not going to just turn up for B numbers. We want to come out, and we want to, you know, we want to try and get out this group. You know, it's it's a hard group what we're in, but you know we've been underdogs for so long, and since I've come in there, I think you know we can kind of turn that around for people, what they think about us, and um what they expect from us so you know I'm just going in to do my best I want to try and impress a lot of people and um, show everyone that what I can do against you know top quality players Was it always Scotland for you Lyndon um, because clearly you, you you grew up in Australia and you sound pretty Australian to me what what took us through what there's a wee bit of Scottish to... in there yeah I can hear it well, well, yeah I agree but um, yeah kind of just talk us through how you ended up choosing Scotland or perhaps Scotland chose you I don't know um yeah I, I had a, a Australia the assistant manager from Australia actually come and watch my game against Celtic and uh, I actually spoke with him first um obviously we had the conversation what their thoughts and my thoughts and then the same week uh, uh, Steve Clark rang me for Scotland and um you know it was a big decision for me um obviously that was something that I wanted to do to be you know, an inter international footballer for, for many years to come. Um, so I had a little bit of time because of the first the first uh, lockdown. It kind of come just after as I was talking to them. So um, so through the whole lockdown, I was thinking about it. And, you know, I just, I just had to go with my gut feeling and had to go with my heart kind of. And it was always to Scotland. With the, with the players that they have, I always thought that was the squad that we could really do something with it. And... You know, maybe that easy route would have been picking Australia um, and and getting to you know World Cups and stuff because they obviously most of the time they they do qualify for them. But you know, I'm not really that person, and I wanted to just you know just be playing with quality players. There, you know, there's some world class players there. I wanted to be in that group. I wanted to be in there and show you know I'm capable of playing with players like this. So. In the end, you know, I picked Scotland and it was the best decision for me. Um, you know, my family is all Scottish. My, my little boy is, you know, is born in Scotland and, um, yeah, my blood's Scottish. So I went with that one. And I even done an ancestry test and it came back today 100% Scottish. So. Oh, really? Hey. <laughs> I just have to get rid of my accent. So, uh, yeah. I, 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 we can all hear it. It all, all comes through. It all yeah. comes through. Um, I, I was going to say, Lyndon, I mean, what, what's evident, aside from yourself, is the team team spirit in this camp. I mean, you guys, we were safe a long time ago. You know, we, realistically, the last five or six games, we're, we're not really going to be going up. Um, and yet everyone seems to be playing for every point. We're finishing the season really strongly. Um, and that's that's a credit to all of you. Yeah, definitely. That's why um, I think... I think we've always had the quality there throughout the season. Um, and a lot of the games at the start of the season, we were losing games that we probably should have won. You know, just you know, we should have held out three points and we end up losing or we end up drawing. Um, so I think this kind of end form that we're coming into has always been there. And But at the moment now, it's just, you know, everything's happening for us. We're, we're, we're getting chances, you know, we're scoring. I think on the weekend against Stoke, uh, 
you know, if we really think about it, we probably only really had two shots and we won two nil. So, um, yeah. So the players coming in and in, in at January as well, really helped, you know, Charlie Austin, you know, Stefan, um, Fieldy and, you know, big Geordie as well. And, um, I just feel like the squad we have now is, you know, we're very confident. The manager has given us great um, information, what he wants each game. And I think at the moment we're just, we're doing it to a perfection and we're fighting, you know. And uh, I think everyone in the whole change room is disappointed that we're not in the top six because, you know, I, I really think if we did make it into there, we, we definitely had a, a chance of, you know, doing something special because, Everyone can see at the moment, you know, we're, we're winning games where everyone thinks we're going to lose. Yeah, I mean, since those guys have come in, I think if the season had been from January to now, we'd have finished third, basically. Um, yeah, been been in prime spot for the playoffs <clears throat> and with the momentum probably to go on and do very well. I mean, it seems an obvious question, but I guess most of the guys wouldn't be too disappointed if all the guys who came in in January were back here again uh, in August. No, I don't think so. I think... Um... I think obviously you got to give credit to the staff um, and the behind the behind um, whatever happens in in the backroom staff because the players what did come in I think there was a great um, you know just gel with each player I think there wasn't really one that came in and the odd time you get one what doesn't really kind of fit into the style or kind of the you know doesn't fit into the change room but I, I couldn't say that about anyone I think um, everyone gets on with everyone and that's why we're doing so well so um, you know. I, I don't know what's going to happen next year with players. Um, you know, that's nothing to do with me. So, but obviously, I would love to have them here. I think they're all great players, and um, yeah, I have to see what happens. And just before I'll finish on this one, if you could pick a player of the season, uh, <laughs> you know, if you could vote in player of the season, who would you go for? Apart from yourself, obviously. Um, you know, it's a hard one. I think uh, player of the season. You know, I'm probably going to have to put. Uh, there's a few in mind, but I'm gonna might probably have to put Senny in goals. Um, I think, obviously, with the with the goal situation, you know, Joe and Liam Kelly beforehand, and then Senny and Senny got his opportunity. I think he just took it with both hands. Um, I think a lot of times through the season he's made great saves, and you know he he's been up there with you know one of the best players on the park, you know, consistently. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to give it to him, and I think he'll he'll hopefully kick on and um you know keep going up and maybe even, you know, God knows where he's going to end up. And, you know, he's just been called up for international as well. So, yeah, I'm going to have to say Sandy. And I think a lot of other boys, is, you know, have been really good as well. Um, do you know what I'm thinking is, how weird is it you haven't played in front of the home fans yet in, or have us as an away fans or anything like that? Because you haven't had the, that chance to build with QPR fans yet. That must be bloody frustrating as a player. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely for myself, um, because coming from obviously Scotland, um, we obviously, obviously, I played in front of fans, you know, like Celtic Rangers away and my home fans at Livy and Queens, obviously. But you know, I'm not used to playing in like packed out stadiums week in week out um, with with the, number, with the numbers that the champions have, uh, the championship has, and and QPR. So that was something that I'm really looking forward to, and then obviously. This full season, I haven't had any of it. We had a little bit of fans in through through that patch, but you know, it's 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 still not the same when when you've got a few, you know, a couple thousand in the fans and you've got millions of seats still still sitting there. So um, yeah, I, I can't wait for the fans to come back in, especially when you know I've been scoring goals recently and 
you know, I would love to be scoring goals in front of the in front of the fans. You know, um, I think the first game of the season I scored a pen um, at, at that home stadium, and you know, just just to have the fans there for my first goal, you know, would have been really nice. Uh, so hopefully this this COVID kind of eases down and the vaccines kind of kick in, and um, yeah, that would be really nice because uh, hopefully I wanna wanna play be playing in front of the fans and you know I build that build that relationship with them like you said. Does, have you did you have a song for yourself at any of the other clubs that you can remember? Because Chris loves to write songs for players, and um, <laughs> it might give him an idea. You see, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, no, no, I'm not. I'm not really sure. To be honest, I'm not sure. It's well, got to be something to do with he scores when he likes because it rhymes with dykes. But yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. It's a good one. Uh, we, no we we did ask Twitter for lots of questions, and we had one question more than any others. Have you got any idea what it might be, Lyndon? Um, I don't have Twitter, but I'm going to guess probably something to do with my hair. Correct. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what, the gist is, what is with the barnet? Was, was, that came up more than one time. Um, and lots of follow-up questions asking, when are you going to get it in blue and white, either for QPR or, the, or, or Scotland, of course? Yeah, I mean... Um... Yeah, I just quite I quite like to be a bit different. Um, um, you know, I just kind of dye my hair w- randomly, and I just come, you know, just different look. There's nothing really in particular um, that I do it for, but um, you know, it's good to just kind of be different compared to everyone else. Sometimes I dye it, sometimes I shave it. You know, uh, next minute I'll be, you know, I'll be watching TV tonight, and then next minute I'll be like, oh, let's just put some dye in my hair or something. You know, so I'm a bit crazy like that, but. Um, so blue and white to come. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it will definitely come in the future. Hopefully, when the fans are back, I might, I might have to, you know, when the fans are back in, you know, first game, I might just chuck it in there for everyone. So. And who copied who out of you and Charlie with the blondes? Blonde <laughs> yeah, I seen he's had it for a while, you know, but I've been doing it for a, for a, for a long time. Um, you so, you wore it better. So I'm going to say that I'll, I'll definitely look better than him and. Uh, you know. Do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> Neil, do you know what I was thinking? Neil, I think you and Yordi need some tattoos. I don't think you've got enough. <laughs> so yeah, I've got, I've got you know I've got a few there. So who's got better tats than you or Yordi? Um, you know I, I quite like my ones, but I'm gonna have to say Big Geordie because you know he's a bit a bit of a head case. You don't know what I was gonna say, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, too, no, yeah. Is yeah, he that scary off the pitch as well as on it? Because he looks an absolute animal. Um, no, he's all right. Nice yeah, he's he's very good. I sit next to him in the change room, actually. Um, you know, he's just. I think he's got a bit of that, you know, like old school center half in him, which is you know something that's that is good for us, you know, like a lot of teams because. Um, yeah, he's a big, he's a big hard, hard bastard. When you run into him, and um, I'm sure Don Bohr walked into the to the toilet before the game, and he was headbutting the wall, you know, sucking himself up, or the door, the toilet door, or something, you know. So you don't know with him, you know, he's a bit, he could be a bit crazy, but nah, he's a good lad, and uh, yeah, I think I think he's he's definitely gonna have a great great uh, future. That's the and right decision I, to sit next to him in the yeah. dressing room, mate, because uh, if it all kicks off, you know, you've got him by your side. Yeah, and, and and you're obviously all scared of him. We can tell. It's fine. Don't worry. We won't. We won't tell anyone. Um, Lyndon, do you know what? You. I think that's on. I think that's on Fer and Tom Carroll. 
I'd be more scared of Tom Carroll. Always be, always worry about the wee assassin. The wee Tom man can Carroll. always be a bit more dodgy. No, I don't know about Tom. To be fair, to be fair, him him coming back from uh, his obviously injury, he's been doing a bit of boxing with uh, in the changing room, so in the in the gym. So you know, who's, you never... who's harder, Yordi or Tom? Uh, I'm probably uh, <laughs> it's probably a tight one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know what's just interesting? Uh, I think Linda says sorry, um, guys, but just as you said that, I think there's something to be said for having an old-fashioned out-and-out centre-half like Yordi at the club. Because when he came, everyone was a bit kind of like, Hull, all alone. Mm. But, but he's just old-school, isn't he? And you're a wee bit like that as well up front as well, where you're going for headers that other people won't do. You're, you're doing things that other people wouldn't do. We kind of needed that. That's my dog. Every podcast, he comes into the podcast, sorry. But like it's, I like the fact that we've got a wee bit old-school. I thought, start the season, personally, I thought we were too nice. Do you think that attitude's changed? Yeah, I think I well, I definitely agree with that. I think um, obviously with the with the way we want to play, you know, we want to be if the manager wants us to play in the ball. But I think with Jordy as well, I think it just gives that a little bit of aggression, um, especially for forwards. For myself, you know, when you're going into a game and you know this guy's gonna, you know, you're gonna be at it, it's definitely not just an easy ride. Um, you know, I'm kind of like that as well. I kind of get, I want to get stuck in, you know, um, especially when the defenders like. They give you a bit. I don't mind that because, you know, I'll give it right back. And um, so, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree that sometimes a bit of old school definitely helps. Um, and a lot of players, you know, they don't want to come near you when, when, when you're that type of player. Mm. Uh, Lyndon, we're going to let you go, I think. Back to, you can get back to Hot Wheels. Did Paul, Paul, we, <laughs> Paul were you about to come in? Uh, yeah, sorry, I keep getting a, a bit distracted. Um <laughs> Now, I, I did one question just because it, it has been like a massive change since transfer window and last couple of months in general. Um, and just wondering, it, um, I guess mentally as well, everyone seems to have just taken on a slightly different attitude. You're talking about, you know, the, you know, the old school centre backs and uh, definitely grinding out results that we wouldn't have gotten, you know, December, January. Um, so not just Charlie Austin, but definitely all of you, pretty much everybody that came in in January. Um, how, <laughs> how long, I mean, was it kind of a slower process, pretty quick process? Because it seems to have, have caught fire pretty quick and um, has just just kept on and kept on and kept on. It's been lovely to see. Yeah, I think um, I think we've got a quite a very young squad until that. obviously the, those more experienced players come in. Um, and I think it, it was always there cause, because, like you said, it was a really quick turnaround and it definitely changed quite quick. But... Um, yeah, sometimes just things kind of click and then sometimes things kind of change, you know, sometimes with a mentality way, um, if you think, if you're going into the game and you're not thinking about it and you know you're going to win, then the majority of the time you do win. Um, so you just sometimes you have to change your mentality and especially with the younger players, you know, there's there's people st still, you know, learning a lot, of, a lot about, you know, their their roles and, you know, men's football, and I think that's really helped, you know, because it's the same as the Scotland thing. Um, you know, we've got to change that mentality to be so many years without being in a major tournament to be a mentality that, you know, people have to fear us. And when, when we go into games, we're going to win, like like the Serbia game that we did win. Um, and that, I think that was very down to mentality. So, yeah, I think once everyone's on that same path, you know, that's when you become champions. Um, and 
yeah, it's definitely been definitely been good. So hopefully we can stay all in that same kind of mind frame for the next season. I hope so. It's been really been great to watch. <laughs> uh, agreed. Uh, Lyndon, you've been very generous with your time. And so we kept you for way longer than we said we would. Um, 18th of June, just um, I hope you score a hat-trick in a 4-3 defeat for Scotland. <laughs> um, I hope it's still the way round. No offence. <laughs> Celtic brothers and all that. I'll take a hat-trick at 3-0. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> Take a bundle off someone's arse, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Lyndon. Take care. Have a good Cheers, evening. guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Ah, oh, there's a little guest from Paul, I think, has just popped in there. Um, great interview. Good, good, good guy, right? Lovely. Yes, Lovely. Um, the accent's a bit strange, though. I think that's a brilliant, that's a brilliant accent, to be fair. And what a level-headed fella as well. It's nice that we... We seem to be getting these sort of players in that can come on these podcasts and not only are they playing, they come across as decent human beings as well. And it obviously shows you the club's recruiting in the right directions, even though sometimes I can be critical about it. Will we get to see him? This is my question. He's Depends ending the, the season red hot form. He has good Euros. I said this last week. I believe we will sell someone this summer. Could be him. Will we Will we ever get to see him? And part two of that question is, this is what COVID has done. You've got a 25-year-old footballer who's basically just said he's never really played in front of a decent crowd. He's 25 years old because he didn't go through the academies and then he played in, in, in Scotland for teams that didn't have the biggest crowds and then COVID. He's going to play in a major tournament this summer. He's 25 years old. He's barely played in front of a crowd. Will we see him was my first part of that question. I think so. I think he'll still be at Rangers next season. I think um, it'll be it'll be tricky to see because with these getting to Euros and that, the same thing happened with Northern Ireland. You suddenly get everyone who didn't want to play for you two years beforehand declaring for you. Do you know what I mean? So there might even still be someone else that comes in. I mean, Shea Adams from Southampton's come in, blah, blah. So if he can hold on to his Scotland places, he'll be doing well. But yeah, unless he, he, he has an absolute blinder and, and turns the Euros upside down, I guess he will. I think we'll definitely lose Sinead Yang. I don't think there's any question that we'll we'll probably have a new goalkeeper. I think all three will probably go in the summer. Um, so I think we'll definitely have a new keeper because he, he can't be the best kept secret in the Football League for much longer. Some of the saves he pulls off and he commands the area so well, he, he must be taking everyone's shopping list. But aren't we, uh, am I right in thinking that the FFP, if it hasn't already, is going to be scrapped? Which would yeah, it will be. I'm not saying I, I don't. I don't agree that we should rip up our strategy because I think it's been working regardless of FFP. But surely that gives us a bit more wiggle room in terms of, or even wriggle room <laughs> in terms of whether we have, where we have to sell players or not. Well, not really, Chris, because you think the case of the um, Smithies and stuff, where even a newly promoted Premiership club can pay someone forty grand to sit on the bench all season. Do you know what I mean? It's just. It's just the way it is in that in that league that it's so difficult to hang on to players in the because they all want to crack at the Premiership and even if you're going to be sitting on the bench, you might get that four or five games and you you hold it down. You know what I mean? There's always that chance. But to answer David's question, I think the way he was speaking there, he was saying he hopes the players that are on loan sign and are there next season. He hopes that we continue this into next season. It wasn't like if I'm still. I'm, I know he's clearly not going to say that. But he sounded in his head like there was no question he wasn't going to be anywhere else. And um, like you said, he seems quite a level-headed bloke. Um, 
and I, I don't know. I think sometimes um, if you're onto a good thing and he's like, like, and he's finished this season really well, and if QPR are making the right noises about keeping these other guys, then I think you'd be mad personally. Apart from if he if he's like triples his wage or something that to the, to go. Be interesting point of view or mad for the club to sell him. Um, no, mad from his point. Mad from his point of view. I, I understand. I, despite what I just said, I do understand if a club get a big offer in, you know, every everyone's got their price. Um, mm. um, but like I said, I'm hoping we've got a bit more wriggle room because because of the FFP situation, and and, and that doesn't mean that I think we should start playing playing players forty grand a week or something. But I I just I'm just hoping that it means that we 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 don't have to sell all of our best players again because we can't keep. Signing 10, 12 players every season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with no FFP, then there's no, we're not forced to sign. Like, it was pretty much to make ends meet or to try and, and keep somebody or try and get someone in. So I think we've definitely, like you said, a bit more wiggle room. Um, and if we do decide to sell someone or an offer comes in, I think it would be a bit more of a generous offer, I would think, because <laughs> no one's got us over a barrel uh, with FFP. Hmm. Uh, I've got a question for no other reason than to just be awkward and ask it. If you you can only have one player here next season, Charlie Austin or Lyndon Dykes, who do you choose? Flipping egg. That's a bit unfair. It's a bit unfair. Uh, Hanson. We've just done a full full podcast with a guy, uh, you know, uh, which he's likely to listen back to. But do you know what? I'm just thinking. He's not. Do me a favour. He's not listening back to it. <laughs> as Stephen asked that question, I was just thinking, if you'd have asked this question in January and you said, we got an offer of three million for Lyndon Dykes, you'd say, take it now, wouldn't you? I mean, or Macaulay Ball or whatever. It's, it's, it's quite a funny old world. Um, I think because Lyndon's younger, but I think with Charlie, he makes him a better player. So if, if the only thing I would worry about, if we sign Charlie and then sell Lyndon, what kind of message we're sending out? So I would keep both just to keep everyone happy and keep us going in the same direction. Yeah, hundred percent. I can't. I can't answer that question because you know, I've got a lot of man love for Charlie. I, 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 I think he's done. He's been the catalyst. You know, despite uh, Johansson is obviously a brilliant player, but I think Charlie was the catalyst. The thing that we were missing was goals. Charlie provided the goals, and and from that first goal onwards, um, we've been going on an upward curve. As I said in the previous podcast, my only concern with Charlie Austin is if he does sign and he's on twenty grand or more. 20 on 20 grand more than the next player that that might cause some sort of rift but um but but, but signing him for, for just for the player for what he does on and off the pitch i think it's a no-brainer to sign off mm. should we talk but about then if, sorry paul we have to yeah 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 we should talk about saturday it was no saturday, i mean i mean as as it's about stoke it was a joke <laughs> but it didn't really work i apologize it was oh crap. i see you mean the town? The town. Yes. Stoke. Can you let There's us know when you're telling? Can you just give us an indication, the little message before just you're about to tell a joke, Paul, and then we'll know. Jesus, look who's talking. Oh, <laughs> shame there. Do you know what it. surprised me about Stoke and Saturday, as you've asked? For a, a, a dead rubber, it was freaking niggly, wasn't it? There was a lot of niggliness going on. I was quite, I was quite pleased about that that we got stuck in, but it was, I thought it was quite a niggly game and. It was a sort of game that we would have lost definitely a few months ago. So, you know, to have as few chances as that and, and come away winning just shows you how much of improved, how improved we are. How delighted are you for Kakai? Over the moon. 
I think I think he's as he's a lovely lad. He always comes across well, and he tries. I mean, you can fault players for many things, but as long and he doesn't hide. And I think it would be great if he turns it around and becomes a regular in the football team next season. And um, you know, because it shows that the the system we're using is working, and that's more important than anything at times. Yeah, I um, I second that. I think that 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 um, that goal was just absolutely. You know, it's the old cliche, but if if if, if Barcelona or Arsenal or someone had scored that, you know, yeah, they'd, they'd be replaying it time and time again. And you, you watch it back, and it's just lovely like, straight goal, from the it? back. Not a Stoke player touching it, uh, and and just one touch football all the way into the goal. I mean, just absolute sublime. Goal. But the finish for a defender, bloody hell! Yeah, I mean, and the, yeah, everything about it was just so good. And 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 Charlie Austin's goal was brilliant as well. It was like a, a, a you know a goal of the game competition. But I, I, I you know I, I think the free flowing passing move on just edged it for me. But yeah, it was absolute beauty. And like I said to Lyndon, you know you could be forgiven forgiving the players to be on the beach at this time of the season, you know, um, which we've obviously seen in the past, and which makes it you know especially when you're going to games to Loftus Road, and, and we've done that in the past. We're like, you know, why am I doing this to see two teams going through the motions? But yeah, I've been really, really impressed by the fact that we've kept going to the end of the season. It looks like, you know, we're desperate to get that eighth place if we can. Uh, who, who's good at maths here? Anyone good at maths? Oh, I agree. Well, uh, we're, we're 12 points off with one game to go. Can we do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If we can, if we can, sure. you know, put a, put a couple of stories around about um, two of the other teams in the playoffs, you know, about ineligible players or something, or get, <laughs> yeah. get, well, you see, get, what what about Chris? You could you could have one with BT, David. You could get out there in the PR machine, and, and these teams are being punished. These big six, as they call themselves, maybe they'd like to, as a punishment, spend the season in the championship and then promote from the championship in that way. We've got something to aim for. But then we're playing Luton, so we've, we've, we should want to smash Luton anyway, in my yeah. humble opinion. Absolutely. So who, who do we, I mean, given that we realistically aren't going to be going up, who do, who do we want to see go up as the third team? Why aren't we bothered? Barnsley. Oh. Barnsley. Yeah. It'll be Barnsley. We'd yeah. love to see it, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's just, it's just two fingers to everyone that spent loads of money trying to get the premiership and a, and a club like Barnsley could just do it like Huddersfield did a few years ago. So just for that, and also to piss Brentford off massively. <laughs> um, um, and what about coming down? Do we still, I mean, Fulham, you know, I've got slim to none chance, but um, do you reckon that does mean the end of Johansson coming here, if Fulham go down, or is there a deeper thing between him and the gaffer at Fulham? Depends if Scott Parker stays, I suppose, doesn't it? Because that's I would have thought he will. Do you think so? Well, he, he did stay with them when they went down last time, but but who knows? I don't think I don't I don't know enough about that dynamic. It would be nice if he came back to us, though, wouldn't it? The, the sad thing it? is that we're, we're bugging two words. I don't pull things, but I think we, Johansson, because he's played so well, he's going to be in a lot of people's radars. And the fact that Fulham can hold him to his contract, so it would take a lot for him to sign for Rangers. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, it, if. Um... If anything, they they pull him back and uh, and sell him on if they because there doesn't seem to be too much love between he and Parker, um, from what I've read. So, yeah. But again, um, it comes down to whether um, you know, it comes down to what 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 the uh, 
because Charlie Austin's made the call that he wants us to go for it next season. Obviously, the fans would like that within reason for us to go to it next season. It depends what the board um, can want to do, what their strategy is. I'm sure if Tony Fernande- uh, Fernandez is uh, getting back on the scene, then 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 he'll be wanting to go all out for promotion. But um, I suspect Lee, who's um, we might have something to say about that. And Ruben, Ruben's a lot. He's I, I like Tony. I've had a number of conversations with him back in the day. Nice guy, but yeah, Ruben's a lot more level-headed, um, a, a lot more pragmatic with the approach. So he'll he'll spend. I think he would spend some money, but um, yeah, not. What 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 is important is that whatever happens, QPR continue to improve. So mm-hmm. I think we touched on this last week. We sold the best player that we've seen in. 10 years, we can all agree on that. The best player we've seen at QPR in 10 years in Ibiraeze, we sold this summer and we've had a better season than the one that we had with him last year and we've had a better season than the one we had with him the year before. So selling our best player has not thrown us off course. And so I would love to see Charlie. Most fans would love to see him. But the important thing is either way, it doesn't throw us off course, which I think finally after that season... Well, yeah. Yeah, but maybe you can say that was all building up to this. And of course, Charlie has been a catalyst for it mm. getting better. But has he, well, I don't know. He has definitely been the, 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 the catalyst for change. But I think there's a lot more to the, it. The plan, the plan comes first now, I think. The trouble, the trouble is, David, we're always thinking the club have a plan. The club are <laughs> going to stick to a plan. The club are going to do this. The club are going to do that. And then, like, the start of the season, the plan obviously was recruit, youth, etc., etc., etc. We were heading straight for a nosedive into League One. So they completely changed it. And it worked. And we became a much better side. But by doing that, the players that they brought in turned their form around as well. So it helped everyone. So... I kind of think hope we've learned from that, that you can bring in youngsters, but you will need the experienced players. But I think we would be mad to go around splashing the cash game because it never ends well for us. We can't be trusted with money. We're terrible with it. Um, it sticks to the plan, but certainly bring in people like Austin, Field, Johansson, if we can, and other players, and just make everything work within the structure that we're doing without trying to be Billy Big Bollocks because that didn't work for us. It doesn't suit our culture as a club. And it kind of ruins it. We're better, we're better making players than we are at, at selling ones at the end of their career, in my opinion. Um, ours end. Let's move on to ours end now, which is kind of anything, everything that we haven't brought up. I, I have one and I'm going to start because it might generate a little bit of discussion. Um, Todd Kane. Todd Kane. And I want to get this right. And this is obviously a sensitive one. So Todd Kane has been charged today. Um, I'm going to read it out. He's been charged with a breach. Uh, I'm not talking about the whole Todd Kane, what he did or didn't say about Aussie Kakai, although if anyone does want to, then then go for it. Um, he's been charged with a breach of an FA rule today after the Brentford game on 17th of February. Um, I'll read this bit out. It's alleged that Todd Kane used abusive and or insulting language during the 62nd minute of the fixture, contrary to a particular FA rule. And this constitutes an aggravated breach, um, which is defined as the language included a reference, whether expressed or implied to nationality and or ethnicity. Um, I looked back actually over the live text commentary from the game 
uh, from that game this afternoon. I couldn't find who the particular breach was with. I haven't looked to see if it's been published online or anything. The only point I want to make on it is, and I sincerely hope that he is found mm. not guilty of anything, and I'm not making any prejudgment of it. However, this comes after a weekend when the football community is supposed to be united in condemning uh, abuse and racial abuse. And the club in particular has made quite a bit of, of, of noise itself in doing that. So I'm watching this. And if it unfortunately doesn't go the way that we all hope, I'm watching what the club do in response to it. Because we can't, on one hand, be very vocal about people like John Terry and then not act in the same way if it turns up on our doorstep. So hopefully I've been careful enough about what I say about yeah, that. I mean, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah, obviously you can't really, I mean, you can't really comment on a charge without knowing the full facts and, and <clears throat> without you know, knowing the results of the hearing. But yeah, I mean, hypothetically, if, as you say, it does go against us, then you, you would think that whoever it is, um, whether he's fallen out of favour for other stuff or not, then the club has to do the right and proper thing. Um, but, and, but the right and proper thing it actually means that, not what clubs tend to do, which is wear a T-shirt in the warm-up or continue with them as captain and put a big banner about them in your main stand. It actually yeah, means yeah. doing... Yeah something proper about it no I think, and that's what i'm saying and i think i i think and i do think if it was anybody in, in the club even you know because it's because of the stuff with kekai and all that stuff he he's clearly out of favor i doubt he'll be here next season anyway so it, it's it would be quite of an a, quite an easy thing to do but I, I do believe that the club is is principled on that and i've got every faith that they would do the right thing and 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 kick him out. The trouble is football, but the whole thing. I mean, listen, I I took part in that thing because that's for so We've all been trolled. We know what it's like. It's 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 making a point as well about anti-troll and anti-bullying, anti-racism. The issue I have is when I see Chelsea, Liverpool, and Leeds come out and make massive statements on it, and I'm kind of raising an eyebrow and going, "Yeah, okay, Suarez, Terry, and your goalkeeper." Hmm, okay. And clubs tend to say one thing and do another when it involves players sometimes, but QPR is massively diverse. We're trying massively to do things that are different, using like female coaches, bringing football for all. Um, Colour doesn't really matter. So my only thing well, is... I was The sorry. absolute hypocrisy of the Premier League in their No Room for Racism campaign, making a really obviously a big deal about this boycott in the same week that they did name their shortlist for the Premier League Hall of Fame in which they named John Terry. Absolutely stinks. Yeah. That's it, it a fair point. It's all lip service. Sorry Absolutely, David. Yeah. Absolutely. But the thing is, that, you know, we, we've got to have a zero tolerance to it. I mean, I, I kind of... My, my immediate thought was when I read it, if I'm being honest, is, like Chris has said, I hope he's innocent. I hope it's a massive misunderstanding and it's cleared up and there's no case to answer. But... Wouldn't it have been a red card? I mean... Well, it obviously wasn't spotted, perhaps. Okay. Sorry. I, I don't know, but I had went through the text commentary and there was no foul, nothing was referred to. So perhaps it was off the ball and reported later. I don't know. 
Okay, fair enough. So I was trying to remember the game, and if I remember, and nothing sticks in my mind. I don't know if you guys can remember anything, or because you know no. I'm not the best memory. So, but no, you can't. You've got to have a zero tolerance to it, and you can't on one hand um, say we're going to boycott social media because of this, and then one of your players gets to choose it because they've got a, a, a pound sign and their own wages. But at the same time, I don't know if he is found guilty if the club can sack him or if we're still going to hold him to his contract, which is another two years. I don't know. It's messy. And it's it's sad. I, I, it is very difficult to speculate because, as I say, we don't know any of the details apart from no. that. And hopefully he's innocent. From that statement. But yeah. Yeah, I, like I say, whoever it is, I do think that I do think the club is principled. Um, from, from what I've seen and experience of talking to people like Lee Hoos and people who are running the club, um, and, and, and I would expect them to do the right thing if someone has done the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, Chris, go on. Yeah, over to you, Chris. For your, um, well, I, I hadn't really got prepared, um, but I did have a quick. Someone sent me a copy of the table the other day. I'm just holding it up here. It's probably of no relevance to anyone um, who's who, who's listening to this. But um, yeah, on the on the first of January, um, which is literally four months ago, near enough exactly. Uh, played 22, 21 points. Minus 10 goal difference, 20th place, two points off the relegation zone. And I just think it's just been incredible turnaround. As mentioned earlier on, you know, if the season was between January and now, we'd be, we'd be finished third, be in the ascendancy, expecting, you know, be the favourites to win the playoffs. But it's all this facts and probabilities. You can't say if only, if only, but, you know, we didn't, that's all gone. But I just think it's, you know, I've been watching these games with a smile on my face. The only regret is that we haven't been able to go there. But it's the next big, big thing. I mean, me and my daughter have been, you know, jumping up and down, celebrating in, ironically, the loft, which is where her bedroom is. And, and, and yeah, it's been, it's, um, <laughs> it's just been a great, it's just been a great upturn in fortune. And, and, and you've got to, you know, you've got to praise the manager for that. And, and like I said, the team spirit, because to be playing like that at this stage of the season, scoring goals like they did on Saturday, is 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 like is is brilliant when they've got really nothing to play for. So that's it, really. Um, I'll go with. I was going to say I'll go with Paul. Then I was going to say I'll go with Paul F. But I need to clarify that even further. Paul Frick. Yes. Um. It hadn't uh, been a crazy time. Anyway. Um. Yeah. No. I've been thinking more about the with the turnaround since January and the way the players are playing really well together. Um, uh, it's, it has been great to see, and they're, they definitely seem to be enjoying themselves, as you will when you win. But um, I think some of the losses just seem to kind of come from a bit of we don't have the depth uh, in the squad. We don't need a bigger squad, really. It's nice to see, you know, a, a program where it doesn't go down the entire back page. But um, <laughs> yeah, it just seems, you know, to be able to rest some of the players and, and have somebody else step in. Um, and some of it does just have to do with youth, which is, you know, if you've got the youth, they're coming in, they're doing a great job, uh, really getting stuck in, but just don't quite have, um, they don't have the experience really yet. Um, so I definitely really hope we get to keep the squad we have. I don't know if, over, I wouldn't say overpaying, but people like Charlie uh, and some of the others, is it really a bad thing if they're getting paid a bit more of a wedge, considering their experience, their time, their knowledge? Um, and again, how much more in, in being open in the dressing room or, or within the squad about it to kind of, so there's no, you know, whispers behind the, 
behind the doors and whatnot, which is where a lot of the jealousy seems to come into play. Um, I definitely don't want things to break up. Like to keep as many of the players as we could. Um, FFP gone out the window, so there's no fire sale um, at QPR. And it would really be nice to start a new season without having to learn 20 new squad members. <laughs> yes, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, by the way, I, I, we're all. this is how bad football's got. We've all assumed that because there won't be any FFP, there won't be any FFP rule to require us to live within our means. Therefore, we won't be living within our means. There's just this expectation of football clubs that if they can overspend like they will, which is a really sort of terrible situation to, to yeah. be in. I tend to think that Lee Hu's... Lee, who's wants, he's the type of character that wants to try and run a tight ship. I think, I think at this point, uh, FFP or no FFP, the club, the club is run much tighter than it uh, ever has been. No, I absolutely agree. And I don't want that to change. My, my point with, with people like Austin and whatnot are you're, you're going to pay a bit more for players like that, not throwing you know, 10 million pounds at, um, at somebody who's just signed for the last contract. Um, mm but someone who actually does want to be there and offers a bit more than just on the pitch effort. Um, you know, if you, and again, we've got the youth and I want to keep the youth coming through. That's great. But you still need a few, you need a few of the, um, the, the leaders, the elders as they are to, to kind of help guide the way. It, and it's, it's made a huge difference, not only just in the goal scoring, but just in the way the team plays together. They, they, they really seem to enjoy being on the pitch together. Finney. Personally, for what it's worth, right? And it's my turn anyway, because you're going to say that in a second. Um, a thing having him in the dressing room with the money, as long as it has its effect on the team, everyone improves, everyone. Um, and if you're pushing towards the top level of the, the table, you're going to be on TV more, you're going to bring in more revenue through TV. It gives the club a better buzz. So it pays for itself. So that's, that, that's the reason I'm thinking... But, you know, it, 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 it just shows you what difference a player makes because, you know, I know the pod got hammered when he signed because, you know, people weren't over-enthusiastic about it. But, you know, that was pretty much all over Twitter as well. There's a lot of people who didn't know what sort of player he'd come back and if he'd ruined his reputation he had before. He's actually improved it, and that's unusual for a player coming back the second time. So he's definitely worth breaking the bank for, but not the club for. That's what I would say. Um, my R's end is quite simple and quite short and... If that ever happens, you can shoot me because it's never going to happen. But to this week, it will. Firstly, I've got to say thank you to you, Paul, because last year my mum ran out of milk and couldn't get milk. And this sounds really daft. The first lockdown, it was the first days of lockdown. And we were panicking because mum wasn't well. And you threw some milk around to her and you looked after her. And thank you for doing that. I, I'll never forget that. That was a really beautiful thing you did. So thank you. I don't want to embarrass you, but that meant a lot. So thank you for doing that, mate. I really do appreciate it. Um, my, my second point is that this season has been the most QPR season ever. We've been playing crap. No one could get in. Everyone was like, ah, that's great. We're shade anyway. Same old, same old. Then we turn into flipping Barcelona and we can't get in to, to, to finish the season on our highest position for probably us since we got relegated, I would say, from yeah. memory. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is shade. And you know, we can't get in. We have... Um, we haven't tied the manager down to a contract yet, but I'm not sure how that works. If I just keep rolling, I'm confused, I'm old and bewildered. Um, and it's just amazing how now we want 
Linden to stay. We want Mark Warburton to stay. We've got Charlie Austin. The, 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 the hope we're going into next season with is amazing compared to what we went into this season with. And that's what I've got to keep building. We've got to get Arsis back in them seats and get Loftus Road back to what it is and get a buzz. And also get us back to winning home games again. That's the thing after this. We're flipping one more home games and more away games and we can't freaking go. That's when the absolute shout out of me. Sorry. End of front. What's your prediction for the game on... Is it Sunday? Sunday lunchtime, isn't it? Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday lunchtime. What's your, what, what's your prediction? I fucking hate Luton, right? And I'm not going to lie about it. I detest everything about that football club. One of my pleasures in life is when we sent them down when Gregory was manager and they were absolutely distraught. I was laughing all the way home. I hate them. Absolutely hate them. So forget the season means nothing. Do do that. Even Paul Parker scored against them. So let's do that again. Let's let's beat them six 0 Let's let's absolutely humiliate them. Send them back there with miserable looking faces. And it's just a shame we can't bloody relegate them. Absolutely hate them. That's fairly unequivocal, right? Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that comes across like I'm on the fence. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll take anything. I'll take anything. If we finish with the season with a, a positive goal difference, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be in rapture, and uh, I'll, I'll take a one nil. Um, to be honest, I, I, I think it would be more. I think maybe two nil, three one. I'll, I'll go with three one. Um, what I forgot to say, which was going to be the original, I was in, is very quickly out of Derby or Sheffield Wednesday. Who would who do we want to be relegated? Derby. Dutch Paul. Finney. Derby. Derby. David. <laughs> well, I want Derby, not because I hate Derby, but because if I've got I've, I, Sheffield Wednesday, a minus a six points less than what they should have done based on sporting merit, right? Yeah. So, therefore, if you're basing it on the football, Sheffield Wednesday should not be getting relegated. And the fact that this game decides which one of those teams does. If if, not, if justice is served in a sporting sense, then Sheffield Wednesday stay up. Although if Rotherham win tonight and results go that way, it can yes. both be going down. But yes. exactly. I think I think Wednesday are more or less down. To be fair, Wednesday are down with Wickham as far as and it's, twi- it's more or less between Rotherham and Derby. But no, they're not. Love- no, 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 it's not. Wednesday it's not. beat Derby on Saturday. Derby are down. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. The, wi- the yeah, winner Wickham's of that got game, the goal difference. Win both their games. Yeah. Oh, beg your pardon. Anyway, the reality is in my mind. See, this is how my way, mind works. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. No, I want rather to stay up because I think they've had a horrible time and they're not Derby or Sheffield Wednesday. Right. By the way, I've I've um I'm not adding to an R's end, but anybody else that fits in that Venn diagram of supports QPR with an affection for Southend United. Will have been sad this weekend because Southend dropped out of the league. Yeah, that was sad. Very, very sad. For those people who live in North London, it's good because they'll have fixtures at Barnet and Bournemouth next year, but very sad. And hopefully they get back soon. My prediction for us is I think we'll smash them like Paul thinks. I'm going for 4 0. Paul, Rick, your prediction? 3 0, that's what I'm thinking. We'll take that. Um, I actually okay. think, for the record, I actually think Rother will beat um, Luton tonight. Well, we'll see. Okay, we'll um, Yeah, we'll see. So we have 
we are going to record next Tuesday. We have got an end of season interview with the manager, Mark Wobbleton. So we'll be putting that out. I think the, the plan at the moment is we're going to put out two podcasts in the week or so after the end of the season. We're going to interview the manager on the Tuesday. So get your questions in for that. And then I think we're going to have a wrap up as a team, a sort of end of season uh, wrap up uh, in the sort of days after that, which will be going out at some point a week or so after the end of the season. Um, but thank you to you guys. Thank you to Lyndon today. Um, this has been Open All Ours. Come on, you ours. Rangers.